Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 26th edition of our program, which aired during the fourth weekend of June 2020, we reviewed this year's Iowa legislative session, which was interrupted by the pandemic in March and resumed in early June. J.D. Davis is Vice President for Public Policy. Brad Hartkopf is Director of Public Policy, both with the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. J.D., when we had a preview conversation in December before the session began in January, we had a whole list of things that we thought might come up. Well, the world changed. Before we get to the changes, did any of the original wish list or list of items that you thought were important, did any of those get passed before things all changed? Uh, Well, Jeff, uh, we did get final passage on some of our priorities that we had going in in January. We did not have complete passage before the legislature took its break. But uh, when they did come back in and finish up, we did get some of our priorities that we had set out early that still made sense uh, past the finish line. Listeners may recall, ABI was seeking some clarification in a conflict in the Iowa Code on medical marijuana and whether or not new advances in medical marijuana had any impact on uh, an employer's right to keep a drug-free workplace and how those all meshed. And and we had uh, suggested legislation on how that would work. Uh, That did pass. We also had some some concern for some taxation issues. Uh, Overseas income for some businesses was going to be taxed for the first time and we wanted to make sure that did not occur. That's another thing that uh, also uh, uh, did pass as the legislature finished up. We also cared deeply about childcare. Well, then you you alluded to there was a big change in the middle of the legislature. Well, childcare was important going in because we were at full employment, and childcare was important at the end because many people felt stranded on uh, how to uh, be able to work and take care of their children when childcare facilities were closed. So we're looking for innovations in childcare, and that was part of the legislation that passed in the end. That specifically, J.D., was something I was thinking of because I recall our prior conversation, and I thought to myself at the time, childcare is important. But the fact that you were able to focus on it going into the 2020 session told me things were going along very well with our economy in the state, et cetera. To have everything change, it really put even more of a spotlight yep. on that issue. It did. You're exactly right. Going into the session, we were operating at virtual full employment in the state of Iowa. So we were looking at using child care as a way of getting new entrants into the job market. The purpose for child care for employers after the, the COVID pandemic is how to manage your current workforce and help them get back to work and be productive while still having child care needs. And so the purpose and the need for child care for employers changed dramatically, but the solutions are still very much the same uh, as they needed to be in the beginning. Finding a way and uh, legislation to help employers innovate in the child care area, on-site child care and other types of things to help provide certainty in child care for prospective and current employees. Brad, this certainly was a unique session, one that no one had ever experienced. We've had special sessions where the lawmakers come back, but never one that was interrupted like this. And that was a pretty intense, less than two weeks at the end, including uh, at least one overnight session I'm aware of. How did this real rush to the finish 
alter what it is that you do on a regular basis with lawmakers? Well, first, Jeff, thank you for the opportunity to be on with you today. And uh, it was great working with JD. We made a, a great team representing our member companies up at the Capitol. And uh, as you said, there was quite a rush near the end. Uh, we did a lot of our work during the hiatus uh, that the legislature had that two and a half month break. And uh, obviously, we didn't even know what coronavirus was back in December of 2019. And <laughs> that became a large focus of what we were trying to get done following uh, the end of the hiatus. And uh, one thing was that uh, Senate file 2338, the coronavirus liability protection bill, and uh, something that we're very uh, pleased to spearhead and work with others in the lobby on as well. And really trying to give businesses and individuals who stepped up during our country's and uh, state's time of need to produce the PPE and uh, uh, help those who have been injured by the virus to give them the, the certainty that they need to have, uh, that they can operate without facing a a lawsuit uh, just for doing the right thing. So that was really one thing we were pleased to push over the finish line this year. I'm so glad you mentioned working during the hiatus because there are a lot of people who just assumed, okay, the lawmakers aren't in session and everything was dormant. But that was hardly the case because not only were you still working behind the scenes in terms of advocating for your priorities, but you had to pivot to what new priorities might be there and, and what the lay of the land might be when they came back to town. So this was no day off or uh, three months off, was it? No, it certainly wasn't. J.D. and I found uh, several ways to remain busy during this time, whether that was helping our member companies uh, navigate through the number of resources that were coming from the federal government or state government in regards to the COVID-19 liability. The issue there that they were trying to resolve, uh, you know, we talked about a lot of the federal laws and explained a lot of the benefits and how that might affect their companies and what they can do to take advantage of those. And as I referencing this COVID-19 bill, working with lawmakers uh, ahead of time to make sure we had the, the details right and uh, to make sure that it was something that was palatable to them. Uh, we have to make sure that that's always the case. And uh, we were pleased to find a receptive audience in the General Assembly and uh, very happy that it got done. J.D., that bill with regard to liability is something that many are pointing toward as a model for others to follow in other states, but also at the federal level. Some of it had to do with circumstances. Iowa was going to have to come back and complete a session, and so you were able to to be there at the right time when necessary. There was no special session necessary, like was the case in Minnesota last week, and it certainly did not have the positive impact that the Iowa session did. Talk about what it took to form the coalition necessary to get that bill across the finish line. This is a, a point where it was good that we had the full interim to be able to develop a, a coalition and really understand the issues that we're facing uh, employers. So the first part of the interim, just as uh, Brad was indicating, we were just trying to help employers keep their workers safe and secure. And so, so that meant uh, understanding the federal programs, figuring out how to get uh, unemployment insurance to those that must be laid off because production was down. Then it was, how do we climb back out? How do we work about going and bringing our people back? How do we get production back? How do we identify those things that are going to be issues for employers? And quickly, we had identified the bill that passed. It included shields for lawsuits. One of the big concerns was the litigation and settlement costs that employers could face with lawsuits that would be filed. So this was not unique just to the main core manufacturing members that we have at ABI, but to anybody that has a premise that needs to be open for business. So this bill quickly became a bill that covered everybody that had an interaction with the public. 
but that was looking to begin commerce again. And how did they prevent the judicial branch from becoming that institution that was forced into trying to figure out where to lay blame for the spread of something that was a community spread virus classified as a worldwide pandemic? You really can't say this happened in this corner of that shop on this day. Uh, We needed to avoid that type of blame setting, that type of financial and time distraction that employers were going to have would have been hitting at just the worst time, just as we're trying to get all resources pointing to lifting the economy back up. Brad, the devil's advocate on this issue is, well, this is going to make it difficult for employees, potentially, who are aggrieved to file a lawsuit, etc. What's the response to that? I mean, the easy answer is to say, if the employers do not have incentive to reopen, there will be no employees. But what's a more nuanced response to the counter that you hear on this issue? I think some of the folks who are making that argument aren't necessarily explaining everything that is in the bill. You look at several different sections. I think there are six or seven sections, and almost all of them contain uh, provisions that say if an individual or a business is trying to intentionally inflict coronavirus on top of somebody, or if they're trying to harm someone, if there's use of reckless disregard, they act with actual malice, then lawsuits may continue to proceed, which is something that we support, and that's something that the legislature demanded be in there, which we were totally fine with because it's the right thing. We're trying to make sure that the good actors, those who stepped up our our manufacturers and our other folks who produced that valuable equipment and the healthcare providers who uh, did the right thing by taking in folks who were infected and that they don't have to face a unnecessarily frivolous or lawsuit that is not brought in the best intentions, I would say. And and so if you look at the text of the bill, this is clearly not shielding bad actors, but making sure that uh, those who did the right thing are protected. Those who innocently and in good faith reopen, they're protected, but those who flaunt the laws or CDC guidelines, et cetera, there's no protection for those sorts of folks, and that that was the important point. I want to close with what may well be a frivolous question, because we sure didn't know six months ago what we'd be dealing with, so I hate to even ask, but and I'll start with you, J.D., every session ends, and it's hard to imagine a session where you look and say, well, there, we've gotten everything accomplished. There are always things that need to be carried over. I think that may especially be the case this year. But if there were to be a new session that began in the next couple of weeks, what would you say are a couple of the key points that the lawmakers would be addressing as it relates to business and industry in Iowa? Well, I think they may build on something they did do at the end of the session. One thing somewhat overlooked is that we really took care of streamlining the licensing process uh, in Iowa to get more people available for uh, for doing work here. Uh, That's an important piece. It was important going in when we were at full employment, but it's important now as we try to draw resources together. I think if you're asked a legislator, or an association executive like myself or Brad, what would you do in two weeks? I think they'd say, we'd get together and talk about it. (laughs) And uh, that's exactly what uh, ABI intends to do. We have a well-worn process of gathering our members together right after legislative sessions to tell them what did happen and then begin the exploration with the folks that actually are working in Iowa and providing jobs in Iowa. We'll convene our public policy groups in the next month. We'll begin talking through how we prepare for the next session based on what we can build on here. 
we get greater feedback from our members than we can ever predict what it is they may need. So we're going to fall back into our traditional way of doing things and start getting feedback from hundreds and hundreds of members throughout July and August. And Brad, let's close by jumping off of that. Again, there's the fallacy that those who deal with the legislature on a daily basis, as you do, well, you don't have anything to do when they're not in session, but that's really where all the hard work and the foundational work really takes place. That's right. And it's about having those relationships with those legislators to develop that trust that you need to pass something as robust as the COVID-19 liability protection bill. And that's one great thing about the, the process is you get to meet so many different people of different backgrounds who come from different districts and are trying to do the best thing for Iowans in their perspective. And uh, like I said, we're appreciative of what the General Assembly has done on this issue and the governor putting her signature on that because we believe it's going to fast track recovery here in Iowa and really facilitate the rehiring of Iowans following the pandemic. Vice President for Public Policy J.D. Davis and Director of Public Policy Brad Hartkopf of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. We spoke via Zoom on June 22nd. More about the group online at iowaabi.org. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report radio program and podcast. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.